Woody Womack joined by Dave Lackford for a very special edition of the Commitment Issues podcast. Dave, how you doing? Doing better than you, man. Get some sleep, boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired over here. I'm running on running on empty. We still got six rounds to go in the old draft, so it's going to be a fun weekend for me. Uh, <laughs> we aren't doing a video episode <laughs> this week, which I, I wish we were because Dave just looks like an idiot. I just can't get over <laughs> <laughs> what he looks like he was in a in a lumber mill out in Oregon and got trapped by a law <laughs> and was under it for about three days before they found him we'll be back with uh video shows next week I'm sure a lot of people wondering where is Rob Cassidy because we had our epic uh Michael Jordan debate on the last episode with the three of us uh he said <laughs> he's not gonna watch the dumb Jordan show what was <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to watch the dumb Jordan show. Y'all go ahead without me. Um, his argument in the previous commitment issues was if you had an arm that could transcend time and space and, and pluck him by his head with his feet dangling and drop him center court in the NBA today, he would not be a top five player. And we proceeded to bash him um, as was warranted. And uh, he did not like that very much. So he is not joining us this week. And uh, that's, that's a Floyd Mayweather move right there. He's ducking, he's ducking the fight. You know what I mean? okay. In fairness to him, his rationale was, here's the quote, I decided I'm not going to watch the dumb Jordan thing. I simply don't care. You and Dave have fun. So he doesn't care about Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, let's move on. We're going to talk about... Uh, Last Dance, I'm sure you've heard other podcasts talk about it. Everyone's talking about it. But uh, we're going to talk about the NFL draft, the first round real quick. And then at the end of the at, uh, beginning of next week, we'll, we'll talk about the rest of it. But real quick, Dave, uh, what did you think the way it shook out? We did okay rankings-wise, uh, but, you know, just overall thoughts. Um, I did not like the format at all. I thought it was really bad. Um Godell was more cringe than ever, you know. I, I like him when he's on the stage, I guess, and he's, like, jumping up in the air and the players are beating him up and stuff. It makes him likable. But, man, he was so robotic down in his basement. He messed up the announcement that the 2021 draft would take place in Las Vegas. He called it the 2020 draft, which I thought was pretty funny because, yeah, we know. We're, we're watching it right now, and it's not actually in Vegas. It's in your, it's in your weird basement. Um I don't know. I thought my Eagles reached on Jalen Rager when they could have had better players. Um, and I thought that rivals hit on what four of the top 10 were five stars. So that was a, a good pick, right? Pick up right there. A uh, couple kids from the Midwest region were <laughs> a little underranked there um, with Isaiah Simmons and Joe Burrow, of course, uh, who won Mr. Football in Ohio, apparently. And uh, I read, a, I read a write up. Uh, an old write-up on Joe Burrow that said, uh, you know, he threw for 446 yards, six touchdowns, and one interception. But um, the emphasis on, was on the one interception that was late in the game. And I think it was that he wouldn't get away with that stuff in college. Well, he got away with better numbers than that against Oklahoma in the first playoff game, where I think he threw a measly seven touchdown passes in the first half. So, uh, you know, you can't get them all. Well, I remember him throwing a pick six against UCF in that uh, <laughs> He might have thrown – he threw two pick sixes. In that game. I feel like they had two defensive touchdowns. Anyway, they lost. Uh, 
Yeah, we were an outlier on Burrow, and we talked about that on the last uh, show. Some people would have heard if they listened. What did you think of the full, all the analysts talking and the guys we talked about? Oh, are you talking about the podcast where you guys did the Brady Bunch thing? Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I like I like hearing Mike kind of be self-deprecating to himself and talk about how, you know, uh, he was watching rugs and he goes, man, I just didn't see that he was fast. I didn't see any separation, but he's like, what do I know? I said Mahomes wasn't going to be a good pick and neither was Lamar Jackson. So, you know, I like when Mike owns himself on that. Now, he may delete a tweet here and there, but – you know, he'll, if you call him on his stuff, he'll he'll admit it. I mean, it's hard. It's, it's not an easy it's not an easy gig when you're trying to find a, a junior in high school that's going to make it to the NFL first round. So, I mean, four out of ten, you're batting in the Hall of Fame. You know, you Ted Williams numbers. What did you guys have? Seven? Was there seven or six? For yeah, five? seven. Everybody had seven. So, so we had seven. Twenty four seven had seven in their rankings and six in the composite. So, um. And I think we both had 21 four stars. Now there's some talk about, you know, if a guy was a four star, but he was ranked higher, does that mean one site was better than the other? I mean, you know, I think you can play with the math however you want, you know, like if you, if you wanted me to come up with a grading system to make sure we would have the best rankings, I could probably do that <laughs> pretty, <laughs> pretty quickly. So, you know, last year we doubled up, we had eight five stars and I think they had four. So, I mean, you know, I, two, two of the five stars uh, were just Woody Womack five stars, AJ Terrell. <laughs> tell us, tell us about the AJ Terrell one. Cause that's your boy. You covered his commitment. I think you did the video where he was on the train or whatever. Uh, that was Lee Anthony, but we did do a commitment with him. Yeah. We had a exclusive commitment with him. So he was a guy that, so it, at that time, you know, D'Angelo Gibbs was the guy down here. If you remember. I mean, everybody loved D'Angelo Gibbs. <clears throat> and I not only ranked AJ above him, I ranked Xavier McKinney above him. And at that time, they were both – I think AJ was listed as a three-star wide receiver on other sites, and we made him a five-star DB. And right. people lost their minds. Of course, he, oh, he's not a take at Georgia. They don't want him, blah, blah, blah. And uh, same with McKinney. Oh, you know, McKinney got dramatic at the end and everybody ended up ranking him ahead of Gibbs. But at the time, I mean, I was really out on a limb <clears throat> because I was going down to the south side of Atlanta. I wasn't hanging out, you know. I wasn't just in Gwinnett County <laughs> going to the biggest schools and hyping the, the guys who are already famous. I was, you know, I was beating the streets. Uh, right. This is when I was, you know, I had my cargo shorts on and my clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing some serious scouting. So, uh, yeah, AJ was my guy. And so much so, they, there was so much derision over his ranking as a five-star. So he signed in 2017, right? I went to a seven-on-seven seven, the month of signing day in 2017. And somebody from another rankings company tr tried to get in a fist fight with me over his ranking to the point where like, I mean, it was like a nose to nose situation. He's like, AJ Terrell's a five star, AJ Terrell's a five star. And I was, <laughs> I was like, bro, <laughs> not that deep. Right. right. Well, I mean, you know, you know, my tongue can be pretty sharp when it, when it needs to be. So I obviously had some things to say and it was, you know, it wasn't a good scene. I'm not trying to get in a fight at work and get fired. So, um, the, the bottom line is, 
AJ Terrell was a five-star. <laughs> in the first round. Right, and, and high, too, at 17. I mean, you're talking about – that was a guy we're out on a limb on. The other one from your neck of the woods, Jedrick Wills. Jedrick Wills. That's a, I that mean, was pretty special right there. That's right. High, Lexington, represent. Lafayette has not been much since. Number <laughs> one, Jedrick left, and Frederick Douglass was established. But anyway, why, why did you think that he was a five-star, and why do you think everybody else got that wrong? Well, I just think he would rank him lower than a five star. Right. I think everyone just thought he was too fat. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Like he's athletic. He can move, man, like Becton, you know? Right. But you just see a guy, nobody goes and watch. I mean, like you said, he's in. I drove up there. Me and me and Nick went and watched a game in the rain. I mean, just a torrential downpour. And it was him and uh, Landon Young, and they're just mauling people. Five star (laughs) Landon Young. Right. And Walker Wood. Walker Wood probably had 300 yards rushing that game, the quarterback. He was just running around everywhere. But, uh, you know, Jedrick was a guy that we were on. We made him a five-star, one of the – I think it was one of the initial five-stars his junior year. So, I mean, we rode that one from start to finish, and he just got better the whole time. So, that – Jedrick was a wire-to-wire five-star? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so uh, AJ was – I mean – we probably made Jedrick a five-star in 2015, like whenever that initial class was ranked. And then AJ didn't become one until it might've been, it might've been like late, like May 2016 or something. So, but you know, AJ could fool you, man, because he's like in one-on-ones, he's playing like it's a game, you know? Like, he may lose a rep. The guy may catch it on his one-on-one rep, but oftentimes that's because he's playing it like a game, like he's going to have a safety or, like, he's worried about being technically sound, not necessarily the result of the drill. And you just see a guy who it looks like him and has that length and his size and speed. I mean, dude, he's so fast. Like, I remember – so we had this – do you remember when we had – uh, ill speed do you remember what that was yeah yeah yeah. i remember ill speed so ill speed was this thing that under armor came up with to be like cool and it was like they wanted more hype in like the middle of the camps so they set up this like obstacle course and they brought in big tigger remember big tigger oh, from bt the base yeah yeah big so tigger they br- BT, shout out yeah they brought him into the camps to like dj and be the hype man kids knew who he was <laughs> right yeah no the kids had no idea who he was i was stoked dude i felt like i was on 106th and park or whatever i was ready to freestyle freestyle yeah. freestyle that's like, that's like me seeing blaine bishop down in tennessee yo blaine bishop <laughs> right. so uh actually if you go on my instagram i think i have a picture of uh we were because we would hang out with him he was fun he was great to hang out with but anyway so he was it was artist too he was very talented underrated off the head mc Right. So, so he'd be there. And I remember, so they set up this obstacle course, you know, you're basically, it was a bunch of football drills together and then like a 40 yard dash. And it was like, who's the illest, you know, I mean, it was so lame. <laughs> like the, the kids would just roast it. I remember Mac Jones just making fun of it like relentlessly. Uh, Cause it would kind of break up the momentum of the camp, but it was one of those things. It was something that was cooked up in a marketing lab and you got to try it, you know? So like kids come in there and they had like three star, four star recruits doing a focus group. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So, so AJ wins in Atlanta, right. Which gets him an automatic birth to the, 
finals, which was in Baltimore up there by Under Armour. And we also had the quarterback challenge finals at the same time. So we had, dude, I mean, we had Trevor Lawrence was there for that. So, I mean, this was a star-studded affair. And AJ Terrell, like, there was a way you could get disqualified, like, if you misstepped on the ladder. And he did it twice. And even though, I mean, he beat everyone by, like, three seconds. But they ruled that he was disqualified. <laughs> so, so, so he was, like, the winner got an automatic spot in the Under Armour game. And Jalen Red ended up winning. He's at Oregon now uh, as a wide receiver. But he's, like, one of these guys who's, like, 5'6", you know? Like, he's, like, a small, compact guy who's super fast and AJ is like six one, six two. And I just remember AJ, like I think he either he either missed like the track regionals or like his prom to come to this thing. And he uh and he lost because he got disqualified. I just remember he was in tears, dude. He was like <laughs> I felt so bad for him. He was just like in because he won, you know? And like it doesn't matter, like one step on the ladder wasn't gonna close the gap between him and Jalen. Uh, yeah, they should have just gave him like a one second penalty or something. Right. Well he ended up getting invited anyway later, but I mean I just I just remember him being in tears. But I mean, you know, I still see uh you know his family's around and guess what? His little brother's coming up, Dave. You better be ready. His little brother's gonna be a five his brother's probably better than him. Really? Yeah. Um, Atlanta too. Yeah, he's from Atlanta. Looks just flops. looks looks like him. He'd be out there. One of those kids who was out there at the field playing while while AJ was there, you know. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, so the 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 only other thing that really stood out to me, I mean, I had some misses too. I mean, technically, I take the loss on Jordan Jefferson being a two star. We talked about that on the other show, but I mean, he he didn't qualify, you know. So he had one FCS offer. I assumed he was going to JUCO. They make us rank everybody, and that's that's the policy, you know. Hit him with the five point two, right? Because above, he, a tenth above a one star. The right, but he had he had one FCS offer. So what do you want me to do? I mean, I saw him. I thought he was good, but the thing swing around on the JUCO rankings and bump him up at that time, didn't you? Right, that's what we were thinking. Yeah, but I mean, is he qualified late and good for him and like. You've never heard him. I'm sure he will later in life, but you've never heard him be like, "I was a two star," you know. Well, like, already, I already saw it on, uh, you know, ESPN was like, "No star recruit," and I was like, ah, "No, no, 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 no." Yeah. Two well, that's because it... three from uh, twenty four seven. I think he was a composite three. So you see all the idiot fans in the in the uh, on Twitter, no star recruit. It's like it takes literally fifteen seconds to search a guy's name and right. twenty four seven after it. But, you know, whatever, man. We got people telling us to inject bleach and stuff, man. So, you know, I can't explain. <laughs> Dumbing down a society is, is just plummeting, man. It's just bad. So, so, uh, so that was one thing. So I take the loss on that. I sent you a, a screenshot. I'm kind of keeping track of how we're doing, like, each, each uh, rival's analyst. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm trying to come up with, like, a scoring system. It's more for an internal thing. Farrell was like, you shouldn't do that. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, well, this is for us to discuss, you know, internally. This is not – I'm not publishing it. Like, right. we do the rankings, man. Don't you want to have some type of accountability? So, uh, so the other one I missed on, I, I ranked Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 5'7". Uh, and that was just because he was small, dude. And I was like – you know, and, and I mean, he's one of those guys that's like. Did he really do anything? 
I feel like he's a guy that broke. Here's my here's my problem with LSU, right? I feel like all these guys broke out this year underneath of that offensive coordinator, and now he's in the NFL. So, you know, was it was it Ed O or was it this brilliant offensive coordinator who came around there and pretty much reversed a decade of offensive ineptitude? You can even go further back than a decade of offensive ineptitude. I mean, when was the last time that offense was like super productive under Zach Mettenberger? When right. I mean, I don't remember that offense doing much at all. I mean, they had they had Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham on that offense with Mettenberger, and they still didn't put up like ridiculous, well, ridiculous numbers like, like this year. Right. Well, and that's why they've been. I mean, that's why they won the national championship. They finally fixed the offense. I mean, and that uh, guy that, the the engineer or the mechanic, if you will, is no longer there. So my thing is, all right. So. I don't know. Was Jordan Jefferson that productive last year? Did he have over 100 catches in 2018? I'm no, gonna, no, uh, of course not. You no, tell me about. Well, so, so Edwards Hilaire. So oh, I really heard. So, so, so here's what happened in uh, that year in 2016. I took over the rankings in March of 2016. So you're talking about. I got less than 11 months until signing day to rank Louisiana, right? Right. So I did get to see a lot of them. I mean, Edwards Hilaire, Patrick Queen, who I had as a 5'8", four-star, and uh, Jefferson were all at the same camp in New Orleans. But, I mean, we're talking, dude, this was a – that camp was like a week after they told me, hey, you're doing New Orleans now, or you're doing Louisiana. And I showed up there with like my head spinning, you know, because we just had some staff turnover that we weren't expecting. So I saw them all multiple times. I just don't think, I mean, like Patrick Queen was a, as a tweener, you know, he was like, a, he, he started the year as a backup at LSU, you know, and, but the game is, the game has changed, dude. People, they want tweeners now. They want guys that can fly around and be fast. He was too undersized to be like a pure linebacker, but now he doesn't have to be. So, I mean, it was feast or famine for me. The Georgia guys, you know, the guys in my key states made me look good. Derek Brown was obviously a five-star who was my, my uh, I was the point man on. And the guys I missed on were, you know, the other ones. Well, Krug City did pretty well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He was ahead of the pack on C.D. Lamb. He had, uh, now Chase on, he was a little behind on. But, I mean, all the guys that got drafted from, from uh, Krug's rankings were, uh, for the most part, I'm looking at it because the two three stars from Texas were from the year before. So big shout to Nick um, for, for doing a great job. He was texting. I got Justin Jefferson's stats for 2018, right? All right, let's hear it. Games, in 13 games, he had 54 catches for 875 yards and six touchdowns, right? So that's 54 catches, 875. This year, he had 111 for 1540 so he doubled his receptions almost doubled his yards and he doubled and he had he tripled his touchdowns he had 18 touchdowns and he had six as a junior or as a sophomore and 18 as a junior so you know when i look at those lsu picks man i'm like is it fool's gold is this is this a mitch trubisky kind of deal <laughs> you know what i mean like just one season and you're getting that crazy first round bread so the, the jury remains out. When I was seeing Jefferson's highlights, right, they were showing his highlights. I'm seeing a 6'2 kid line up in this spread offense out of the slot, and he's just running by dudes. But I didn't see, like, precise route running. I didn't see a lot of – you know, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't know that all that stuff translates 
to the NFL. You know what I mean? Well, and what's crazy is, I mean, he's on – he has verified high school times of running a 4.8, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he showed up at the combine and ran a 4.4. So, look, I'll take, I'll take the loss, but, I mean, there were mitigating circumstances. It's not like I saw – Justin Jefferson said, this guy sucks. He can never like, – like, which I say about a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people that I've – a lot of people that I ranked higher than Jordan Jefferson, too. So, uh, but anyway, the, the, wor- the worst pick of the draft, in my mind, just based on the amount of college football I want – well, first of all, I don't like I – I thought Andrew Thomas went way too high. I never would have drafted him ahead of – Really? Yeah. No. I like him. He looks like a dog to me. He's just – yeah, looks looks can looks can be deceiving uh, in terms of my opinion on. It. We talked about it on the other show. It's like, you know, I, I don't know. I I think he's got a little bit of work to do, but to be at the number four pick in the draft seems like a stretch. I'm not saying he wasn't a first rounder, but uh, the the worst pick in my opinion was the Packers taking Jordan Love. And what what are you doing? I don't, maybe they're doing the Aaron Rodgers thing. You know, how long was Rodgers under Favre? Three years? Maybe yeah, except, say, except, except Rodgers was good in college. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, Rodgers was man in college. He had a really good – that team was dirty back in the day, man. They had Deshaun Jackson. They had freaking uh, – they had um, Marshawn Lynch. They had the other the other guy, Javid Best, I think, yeah. on that squad. They, had, they were loaded. They also had a white dude, number 15, who made like 100 catches that year. Uh, like, they were stacked up. The heyday of Cal Bears football, man. You know what's funny? If you go back and look at the recruiting rankings from that time, Cal was like top 15 every year. Um, like, because I did an article one year that was like, wh- who's changed the most in the in the past 10 years or something? It was like average recruiting rankings from 2002 to 2010 or something, and then from 11 to now. And it was like insane how high they were in some of those classes. But because uh, they were recruiting five stars, like, Keenan Allen and guys like that, you know. Um, yeah, the, who went to the Ravens? Was it Mark Bowler? Oh, Kyle Bowler. Hedford. Yeah, yeah. yeah Edford there, and that's why he was getting all those dudes. That was back in the heyday, right? Yeah, he was developing quarterbacks and everything like that. Um, all right, so that wraps up. Our, so, who did you think? Did you have any pick that was like that's bad or the JUCO kid? Who, I, I, I like from from Arizona State. Yeah, yeah, the JUCO kid kind of came. I didn't, I, I didn't see that kid on any mock drafts or anything like that. Well, he, I mean, I saw him, I saw him torch uh, Oregon in that game that that uh, that cost them the chance at the playoff. I mean, he, it was like Oregon made like this furious comeback, and they had Arizona State pinned deep, and it was like third and long, and they just sent that IU kid straight down the field and Jaden Daniels oh, really? just threw it up. It was like an 85 yard touch. It was like an NCAA football. Like it was like, it was that unrealistic. It was to the point where if you were playing Madden or NCAA football against your friend and it, that play worked, you would have thrown the control. Yeah, the, <laughs> they just ran the four verts up the seam or whatever. <laughs> right. And you're like, how is that guy in solo coverage? He would be 10 he yards ahead of him. Four. Because your safety has, like, a 62 awareness. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what it looked like, except to happen in real life. So, he's good. He's actually good. He was a two-star, too, which I think uh, fell on Rob, actually. That was one of Rob's uh, low marks. But that's – Juco's tough, man. 
girl is tough. You never know with that. Uh, all right, I, let's. My biggest disappointment in the draft was when they took Rieger and they didn't take KJ Hamler, who's from Penn State, who's probably the fastest dude in the world next to Rugs or in the draft at least. I, I was pretty disappointed in that, but. I mean, I, th- I felt like this draft actually went according to script with the first 20-some picks. It was pretty rare. There was no big shockers. Yeah, yeah, especially especially, basically, yeah, I mean, the top 10 was pretty – seemed pretty predictable. I had uh, – you, know, you were making fun of me for – say that again? You have C.J. Henderson going that high? I didn't. I didn't know. I, I was a little surprised, but I actually liked him. I, I figured I, he was just second best corner after Okuda. I thought that was a good pick. Jags did well. They got uh, – they got the kid that um, from LSU that you were just talking about, that Krug ranked. What's his name again? Oh, uh, K- Caleb on Chase on, yeah. yeah. He went right before the Eagles. I wanted the Eagles to snatch him up, and then he went to the Jags, and they got C.J. Henderson. So they got a good corner. They got an edge rusher. Yeah, it's almost like they had that already, and the guys that are like 25 that they traded. <laughs> yeah, Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Bouye. <laughs> right, they just got rid of all those guys. Um and he, the the guy I was surprised to see not get drafted was was uh, Xavier McKinney. I think he'll go high. I th- I was surprised DeAndre Swift or one of the uh, like I thought he was going to go, but you which back went in the first round? I was asleep by then. It was just Edwards Hilaire from LSU. It was the only one. He's going to be good in Andy Reid's system too. He does. He's the Westbrook type of dude, man. He's gonna he's gonna fit into that system. It's unfair. Yeah, I like for them. I, I like him better than anybody else except maybe J.K. Dobbins for that uh, offense. Right. Well, he fits pretty because he can catch a ton of passes. Like, so, all right. So that's our draft talk. We'll, we'll come back and talk about the draft either on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, let's talk about the Jordan show here quickly. Uh, like I said, it's the end of the week, and hopefully people listen to us on the weekend before they watch the next two episodes. Um, for me, I was, I was super excited to watch it. I didn't think it was a dumb show as – as uh, some of the other hosts of this podcast. Oh, uh, Lackford showing off his, his purple Jordans. Yeah. Uh, you, own, you own a lot of purple, Dave? I don't, but I have like, I got like two shirts with some purple in it. But you know, you can always rock the jeans with the white tee with the ones. It's all good. <laughs> so a uh, couple of things, Dave, that I took away from it. Could just imagine, like, I didn't realize... The amount of I, I knew sort of at the time that it was like you, you, you knew it was going to be the last run heading into that season. That was like the word. But I mean, imagine the coverage that would have been going on now with like trade demands and, and Scottie Pippen and all that stuff. I mean, yeah, and Jordan hating the GM. I mean, by the way, the amount of fat, the amount of fat jokes that were made. <laughs> Just through the roof. Jordan, just such a, just such a, just picking on a dude for no reason. And then what's funny is like this week, I've been listening to other podcasts where they like break it down and they're sitting there being like, look, he had little man syndrome. He was a fat nerd. <laughs> it's like, guys. Didn't he build that whole dynasty though? Like, I feel like <laughs> they gave him a bad rap. He's the one that got rid of Doug Collins. Yes or no? Yeah, yeah, no. So he brings Jackson in. He drafts all those players, right? But the the way that the focus of the show was was set, you're seeing it at the end where he's saying it's time to break it up, right? And honestly, from a from a general manager standpoint, he did a good job of getting Pippen on the low. You got the second best player arguably in the league at at a at bargain basement steal. 
Good job. That's how you're supposed to do it. What are we talking well, about? So, he would have been mad, but he played under that contract, and that's how you get them. That's how you keep a team together, right? So where he where he messed up was where he messed up was it wasn't time to end it. I mean, Scottie Pippen was good for four or five more years. Like what you what what they could have easily done is given Scotty a raise there, like with two years left on the deal, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then run it back with Jordan and Phil because the the out the lockout season in '99 would have been perfect. I mean, that would have been the perfect year cause for the older guys because you only got to play. They only played 50 games that year, if you remember that season. Yeah, I remember that. The, the, that's when. Uh... Duncan and Robinson won it, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I mean, they probably could have – I mean, and Jordan retired. Dynasty, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then Pippen went to the Rockets. Um, I thought thought Pippen was on the Trailblazers for a minute. Yeah, well, yeah, he went to the Rockets. And then him and Barkley couldn't get along, if you remember. And then he got traded to Portland. And I remember – when the Blazers traded for him, the local newspaper had a headline that said Pippin Rockets to Portland. And I and I took it the day they signed him and I went and pinned it up in the living room on the wall. And I said, I'm not taking it down until they win the title. And of they course, <laughs> you know, Pippin was actually really good on those teams, man. He was he was basically like, a, you know, playing the point forward role um, with Rashid and Sabonis and all those guys. And of course, they... They were up 14. North Philly, Simon Gratz. Right. Of course, they were up 14 in game seven of the Western Conference Finals against Shaq and Kobe, and they blew the lead and they blew the series. So, um, so Jailblazers back then? <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the documentary we need next. Everyone's like, what should the next one be? The Jailblazers would be, I mean, the stories that, that you hear would be awesome. But uh, that was one big takeaway for me. Of course, you know, Jordan's athleticism, <laughs> when he blocked that dude and hit his head on the backboard in college and had to put the ice on, yeah. I almost called, I almost FaceTimed Rob to, to play the clip. <laughs> who was it? Was it Jeff or Stan Van Gundy who said, literally, if you put Jordan in a league today, you score 40 points? <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was Jeff. Um, yeah, Jeff said that, and I sent that right to Rob. He said absolutely nothing. But look, here – Here's the thing that I take away from that, that the way it was done, you're hearing a lot of people talk about, oh, it's just from, you know, Jordan had creative control over the whole thing. It wasn't showing everything, you know, from a, from a, a objective standpoint. Right. And I, I'm seeing this a lot, like the New York times, all these elitist coastal rags. are out here. <laughs> The fake news media, yeah. Yeah, they're out here dissing it. I'm like, look, man, we're we're sitting here in our house with all the stores and bars closed. There's nothing to do. I, I'm gonna go ahead and turn off my critical thinking for a minute and just enjoy something that's been forever in the making, and just take it for what it's worth. And I I thought that it was highly entertaining. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, can you hear the lawn? Can you hear the lawn people? Yeah. Damn it. That's not me. I don't pay to have anyone do my lawn. Every time I come into this office to record something, I mean, how many times a week does the lawn people come? You know, like, 
hey man, you made it in the world, dude. If your neighbors have lawn care done around the around the week, that means you're living in the right neighborhood, brother. Congratulations. Yeah. Is this like a is this like a sneak flex? Are you sneak flexing right now? No, I'm not. I'm pissed. I hate the sound. I hate the sound of leaf blowers. I hate the sound of of the the weed whacker things. It's nap time around here in the in the Womack house. Like last thing I need is things going things going haywire because some jabronis out there last time i was trying to record a commitment with a kid right and i went out there and i told him i told the neighbor i said dude can you can you tell him to chill for a minute like i said i need to i work in my office i need five minutes he's like oh yeah they're done i come back inside i sit down i tell the kid okay let's go and what do you think happens (laughs) well we jump right we jump right into the rants and recommendations sorry sorry everybody Everybody knows I hate leaf blowers, but uh, so I had I wanted to talk more about the Jordan thing. We're done with the Jordan thing. No, no, we're not done. Keep going. All right. So there was a part where Jordan scored. What did he score? Sixty-three points against the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, they they lost, right? But he went golfing with Danny Ainge the day before he scored sixty-three points, and I immediately flashed back to like. Allen Iverson doing the, you know, we talk about practice, practice. You think Jordan skipped the practice to go golf with Danny Ainge and Danny Ainge skipped the practice to go golf with Jordan the day before the game? No, they probably had. The, the NBA teams, like, they don't practice that much, especially in, like, a best of five series. They probably had, like, a walkthrough. In the season, like, we're in the finals, you know what I mean? Like, we, well, it's like that- – in two hours before an exam that was the yeah that was the first round so i mean they probably had a walk like a walk through you know like some type of film chalk session or whatever i did see draymond saying oh these old people say we're too friendly now jordan was out playing golf but i mean he got mad and then he scored 60 points so yeah and also i can't i i can't imagine that was just a friendly game of golf. I'm sure that that was the most competitive game of golf. There was probably 250 grand on the line. <laughs> like that was not a friendly game of golf, you know, where there's going back to the clubhouse, sipping Miller highlight afterwards. You know what I mean? That was some high stakes, white knuckle golfing right there. So were you on Twitter at all during the show? Um, I probably was, but you know, when I'm on Twitter and I'm trying to watch something, I, I got ADD. So, you know, next thing you know, I'm down a rabbit hole somewhere. You know, looking at TikTok. So no, I was trying to limit my uh, my Twitter usage during the show. So a lot of the recruits that I follow were, I mean, they just like you know these they're like they love LeBron. So it's like they can't even appreciate Jordan. I know you mentioned you were trying to get your son to watch it or whatever, but I mean a lot of these LeBron like truthers or stands as they're called, which I hate that term, but uh, but. I mean, my Twitter feed was like, Jordan needed Pippen. He didn't win nothing without Pippen. It's like. I understand. You know what it is? I think it's because there's such a close connection to like the hip hop community and the NBA community where hip hop community doesn't respect the things that came before. It's not like rock and roll, you know, where you're going to hear some new kid saying, oh, yeah, I was influenced by Nirvana. And Nirvana would say, oh, yeah, I was influenced by John Lennon or something. You know, it's just like. Anything that came out five years ago is trash. I'm not trying to hear that. That's garbage. But when I was a kid coming up, man, I used to watch the old NFL films with like Steve Sable, you know, and I'd go back and I'd watch like Earl Cunningham or Earl Campbell, Walter Payton, players right. that I didn't get to see, you know, Jim Brown. And I was like, oh, those dudes were amazing. That's awesome. You know, I, I, I would go back and watch 
you know, Clyde Frazier from the Knicks, stuff like that. You know, these awesome players from a different era, Will Chamberlain. And I was always respected the people that came before. So I don't understand why there has to be this dichotomy where, you know, you can't respect both players. I mean, is it, is it, who's the best? It's just such a lazy, simple, you know, dumb argument. Like Rob was saying, you know, it's a first take argument where people have to have their side and there's no nuance between the two positions and it's either, or I, I think that they're one, a one B. I mean, LeBron's awesome. Um, so was Jordan. Sure. They played in different eras, but I mean, you're not, you're, you're acting like there were bums out there. Like, you, you hear Rob saying, what would he do with all these seven-footers? Hakeem Olajuwon would be fine in today's game. Hakeem had – he had handles. If, if, if it wasn't – No, Hakeem would be shooting threes. Yeah, sure. the coaches were like, look, you're big, so you go stand next to the basket. But Hakeem could take you off the dribble. Like, there's – he could have been Giannis, you know. It's, you just got to understand it was a different time. Also – Nowadays, you don't go down the lane and catch a forearm in your freaking nose by Bill Lambeer, and then, and then you know, Rick Mahorn comes over and knocks you unconscious. You know what I mean? Shaq was dunking on dudes and punching them in the face after they got dunked on. Like, today's NBA ain't like that. You know, they're dogs. What's funny is uh, Lambeer shot threes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tom Chambers shot threes. Sam right. was a six-foot-nine freaking – Marksman out there for the remember those Sonics teams with Kemp and Peyton and Sam I remember. I mean, were dirty. I have no doubt that the level of skill and athleticism is better than it is better now than it was then. But that doesn't, you know. But are the skills better? I mean, are the skills really better? I mean, I, I just think is I think Richardson better than Mitch Richmond. I don't think so. You know okay. I mean? <laughs> well, I think there's less stiffs though. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like big bodies, you mean? Yeah, just dude. And Rick Mahorn's. <laughs> well, Bill Lambeer would play now, though. Like Rick Mahorn, older Rick Mahorn would have trouble, but Bill Lambeer could shoot threes and play defense. And I mean, sure, he he'd have to adjust the the way he fouled people. But I mean, there are plenty of other worst cases, you know, guys who played ten years or whatever who were just total who were just total bums, you know. Like I mean, like Manute Bowl. Right. Although New Paul did hit six threes in a game. Right, don't you? Well, the, the, the biggest issue we had, you know, the biggest problem with the argument, arguing with Rob about, Rob likes to have that take, which is fine, but he didn't watch back. It was clear based on the discussion. He didn't want, like, it's weird how a couple of years can make a difference, but he didn't watch enough basketball at that time. He doesn't watch enough basketball now. So, you know, that was the, that, I personally, as someone, uh, when I covered the NBA, I don't know if I ever told you this, Dave, I was there in Orlando when LeBron played his first ever like summer league games uh, that year where he got drafted. He, he, he had the Orlando Summer League, and that was like the first year they opened it up to when the – was that, uh, 2001? It was like 03, I think. Right. A, uh, a young, beardless, felt Woody Womack was in Orlando. <laughs> I don't – yeah, I don't know how felt I was, but uh, – <laughs> You know, <laughs> did you watch this season of Curb Your Enthusiasm? I did. Remember when Larry was dating a girl, the fat chick, the girl who got skinny, and he was talking about the yo-yo? Yeah. And he was like, are you on the up or the down? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, that's I think I was on the up at that time. Uh, so. like a swing. <laughs> right, yeah, up and down, up and down. So, uh <laughs> I'm, I feel fortunate that, you know, I've been able to watch, I was able to watch LeBron in person 
you know, play a lot of different times uh, in the playoffs in 09 against the Magic when they when the Magic beat them. And I love watching LeBron. You know, I was I was I hated on the Heat that first year when they lost to Dallas, but after that, I was like, okay, they took their loss. I'm a, I love watching LeBron. So I, I don't have like I don't have a big stake in that. I'm not a Jordan guy. I don't own any Jordans. I didn't like Jordan when I was a kid. You know, like so. I hated like, Jordan too. That's why he was so great because I I put Jordan and Tom Brady in the same category because I would watch those dudes right because I I like the Sixers. Then I like the Suns when Barkley left Philly, and we got Mark. West. Talk about stiffs. Jeff Hornacek, Tim Perry, and Mark West. For, for Charles freaking Barkley, son. But yeah, Mark, yeah, Mark West is an example of someone who could not play in Tim, today's... Remember Tim Perry did the fake D. Brown in the dunk contest? What? <laughs> anyway, off track. Hold on. My point on this is I would watch him, and I'd say, man, I can't wait for him to fail. This is the year he's not going to get it done. And he would just go out there and do and, – and just take over the game every single time and – break everybody's hearts like big pun made a song called the dream shatterer right and he starts it off with i'll shatter your dreams like jordan so there's he called jordan the dream shatterer because i mean think of how carl malone gary payton clyde drexler until he won it with houston uh barkley all these play all these great players didn't win it ewing all these great players never sniffed it won a championship because Jordan snatched their dreams away. And Tom Brady was the same way, although, you know, he lost to the Giants and the Eagles. But I think that, you know, had Jordan went to nine championships, he wouldn't have won on nine. But you get what I'm saying, right? Like, the dude was the guy that everybody loved to hate, and he just kept winning. And that's what made him so great. You know, everybody's giving him the best shot. I mean, you're, you're talking about this documentary where you got this dysfunctional team. Scottie Pippen's gone for most of the season. And Jordan still holds everything together. And then they go win a sixth title with all the, with everything falling apart around him. You know, so the guy was an ultimate competitor. He had the, he just had the clutch gene, you know, and, and he just shattered so many people's dreams. So many little kids in Phoenix and New York were crying. Probably not Rob because he probably didn't even watch it. He just said he did. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I got to give it up to Jordan for, for being the, the evil villain that everybody – outside of Chicago, you know, or front runners that like Chicago back then, uh, rooted against. And he just did it. I mean, you got your heart broken by him twice. Well, yeah, exactly. And what's funny is when I was a kid, and so my friend, one of my, my best friend, Ryan Gagamire, big shout, who I've been telling he needs to watch this. He was a huge Bulls fan, you know, but like he was more than just like a bandwagon. I mean, he was a bandwagon fan, but he like lived and died with the team, you know, it wasn't like when they, it wasn't like when Jordan left, he showed up the next, next year at school with who your penny Jersey on or whoever else you want, Shaq or Kobe or whatever. So uh, his stepdad was this real weird classic Oregonian, you know, plays in a grateful dead t tribute band or whatever. And he was from, uh, he was from California. He was a big warriors fan. He loved Wilt Chamberlain, you know, and uh, he'd always be like, he'd always, no matter what stat you'd tell him, he'd be like, oh man, Jordan had 63 and, and 14 and nine. And his aunt, he would always say, Wilt, Wilt would have had that by half. <laughs> it's, it's, whatever stat line you said, you'd be like, did you see, 
Did, did you see did, did you see Scott Scott Skiles had 30 and like his point was the 30 assists and he would say that no matter what stat it was Wilt Chamberlain would have had those numbers at halftime uh so he was never about, what did he say about David Robinson 72 points well, so he used to call Scotty Pippen snotty quitting oh god <laughs> <laughs> it was like the ultimate like step that's old school though that's back when they were losing to detroit and he would always miss games with migraines remember that right that yeah yeah no from, or is he coming from the last i think year? it i think he really got on to snotty quitting after he refused to go in that game when jordan was was out remember when jordan was retired and they had the game where they drew up the final play for tony kukoc and pippen refused oh, to go in the game ahead. I think that's when he became snotty quitting. But it was just one of those. Was that the Knicks series? Uh, I think so. He, I think he made that. I think Kukoc. Seven in the Eastern Conference Finals without Jordan that, that year. Maybe it was the, the semifinals. The semifinals, yeah, because they lost. Uncle Ewan and, you know like, you know what I mean, walked over him and, like, shoved him down. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was awesome. But I, The greatest dunk of all time was Kevin Johnson on Hakeem Olajuwon baseline where he just went up his back and just jammed it on him. Yeah, that was a good one. But I, I really enjoyed the show, personally. I thought it was well done. Uh, you know, it's a lot of memories for us. We're old and washed, and we it, were <laughs> living like, in... It takes me back to being a kid, you know, like I can't really go out. It's, I'm like 11 or 12. I got Sports Center on <laughs> all night. I fall asleep with Sports Center on. I wake up to Sports Center, go get my, my newspaper and read the box scores to check the value of my baseball cards and my basketball cards. Like, it gave me that type of nostalgia, you know? Right. I it really kicked in for me when they did the uh when they did the what time is it like a uh, little chant you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. uh I've totally forgot it. I mean I obviously would have remembered it and I thought about it but I forgot about it until in that moment when they did it and I was all uh I was all excited there's also an episode of the, the also when they do like the introductions there was an episode of the office where Michael does uh when he's got the intercom and he's pretending like he's uh you know, he's doing all types of comedy routine and and Jim walks into the office and he goes six foot six from North Carolina Jim Halpert or whatever <laughs> I cracked me up when I when they did it for Jordan because obviously that was a reference there but uh, I don't know good nostalgia for us I just thought it was interesting to see all the the uh, recruits on my timeline you know make it it's just it's like you said it's the same argument it's like whatever, the baby came out with a new album. It's trash. Oh, NBA Youngboy comes out with a new album. It's trash or whatever. It's not as good as this guy. And it's just like, like you said, that's kind of just that's the way it is now. I guess. I mean, I, those are two new artists that I feel like everybody like. No, no. <laughs> you better get on Twitter today, man. That's all. I'm good, man. I'm all right, man. Yeah, like, I guess so. Uh, listen to that, man. Them apart anymore because they all they all they all use auto tune and a triple time hi hat beats. You know, back then you had you know producers who had different styles. You know, like a RZA beat would sound different than a Premier beat, a Pete Rock beat. You know, they would sample different soul things. You know, RZA was sampling Kung Fu flicks. You had Eric Sermon sampling stuff from James Brown. So you had a, a different like ear earmark for each different artist. But now it's like. They created what sells in a focus group. So once you go out to make your music, they're like, all right, auto-tune that, triple-time hi-hat, throw the 808s on, and sing a little bit in the hook. You know, it's the same formula everybody uses. It's homogenized. It's pop music now. Right, right. All right. We're from the Get Off My Lawn, the OK Boomer podcast. <laughs>
Um, hey, we got to rest up, Dave, because if this draft doesn't end at a reasonable hour, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I got so much to do tomorrow, man. You know, I got to go to this camp. Yeah, I got to talk to some coaches with my hat off. I got to go. I'm a, I'm about to go out with a baseball bat and take it to the uh, take it to these landscapers. Yo, hey, hey, I got reciprocity in Atlanta now, man. I, no, no, wait till September, man. Wait, hold off till September. I have reciprocity with Georgia. I come down there and defend you. Yeah, we need. I, hey, I need that. The uh, it reminds me of that episode. <laughs> you used to watch Louie, right? Of course, I love Louie. Do you remember the yeah, one he's where new, he's got a new special out on his website, by the way, it's pretty funny. Okay. Well, let's not get into that. Uh, but do you remember the episode where he was sleeping and the, like the trash guys came, but, yeah, in, yeah. but instead of being outside, they were in his room, like slapping, right. <laughs> dumping trash all over him. I feel, like, I feel like Atlanta has that same kind of like surrealness to it. You know, like it's, it's, um, there's, it's so absurd and over the top, you know, like when the guy goes and robs the, uh, the, the burger joint or the soul food joint and then the AK shoots everything up and then they just like, they just leave it alone and don't talk about it anymore. Like, it's just like these, it goes like full out extent, you know, because uh, there was the episode where he's on the plane and, and like uh, the, the plane starts to go down and the, the pilot's like, kiss your ass, goodbye. <laughs> anyway, that's a segue into my recommendations um i've been watching uh i've been going back and watching old stuff that i never got to watch before and if you haven't seen atlanta woody good look on that i like atlanta it's very well done it's uh it's like hood satire when would you how would you what genre would you put that into it says dark comedy but i think it's a little bit more than that yeah i don't know it, it it's really good and like I, i've been bugging you guys to watch it and uh it's actually the second, I mean, the first season came out, you know, five years ago. 2016. Okay, so four years ago. So it was coming out 2021. It's right, like so, Morty, they take forever to make it. Well, it got delayed because Donald Glover went and made that stupid Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. For yeah. like a I year. And a, right, that totally tanked and was like an epic bomb. He should have known when he sold out that that was uh, not a good. Star Wars fans be racist, dog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I I love the show. When I went back and rewatched it recently, like I found myself picking up even more like references and stuff than I did at the time. So super layered, you know. I, I really enjoy it. I've watched it both seasons twice now. So the, the barber episode, though, I'm telling you, even, it, my like favorite, my favorite one is the B A N where they're 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 spoofing. Um, the BET interviews and they got the commercials on there with the Dodge Charger. <laughs> yeah, the, the, com the commercials like are really funny. So that is, a, that is a pretty funny one. The reason I like the Barber one is just because it like sums up dealing with the people that we deal with in like the football world that got like five different hustles going on at yeah, once. Four different hustles. <laughs> right. And they're like, they're like, I'm on my way. I'm right down the street or whatever. <laughs> yeah, we're there in 10 minutes. Right. So, so uh, that was dead on. Uh, and uh, I even watched that with some of my friends, and they're like, I can't watch this. This guy gives me anxiety just, just watching this dude. <laughs> yeah, imagine having to deal with 30 of those. Yeah. Right, exactly. So uh, I'm still watching Dave. Uh, did you watch the, the episode the other night? Yeah, it was poignant. Yeah, man, it was real heavy. I was like, geez, Dave left me 
Dave, it's, but... it's all been getting that way. Like, it's been getting heavy. It got really heavy when they were talking about Gata and his bipolar disorder. That was a pretty heavy episode right there. You know? Yeah, so... And they've got... I mean, they throw a lot of humor in there. Like, when he has the diarrhea because he ate the one piece of carrot and he's, like, <laughs> out of the trail. Yeah, that was insane. That was insane. So, if you're not watching Dave, uh, get caught up and watch Dave. And then... Uh, you know what I've been watching that you would never watch? And probably no one who listens to this podcast would watch. It's this show called Belgravia, <laughs> which is a city in uh, England. And it's a, it's a, from the dude who did Downton Abbey. And it's just a similar type show set in like the 1800s uh, England in like this like high society situation. There's like an illegitimate child and, you know, scandal and whatnot. Uh, but if you like Downton Abbey, I'd highly uh, recommend watching. I'm t- you probably never got to Downton Abbey, huh, Dave? No, sir. <laughs> you actually, you actually would like it a little. You'd have to really, you'd have to really commit to watching it and paying attention, though. Uh, but uh, I'm supposed to be watching this Euphoria on uh, HBO. Usually, I should watch that with your kids, man. Is it good? I mean, what do I you think it's. For- I think it's for like teenagers. It's about a bunch of teenagers doing drugs. So. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's like a coming of age story. I love coming of age stories. I love them. Yeah, I heard it was good. I heard High Fidelity, uh, the TV show that was like a reboot I of that movie. Movie with uh, John Cusack and Jack Black. Yeah, I never watched that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I'm only only new show I'm watching is Dave and uh, Belgravia, and then of course you know like whatever. Uh, was amazing. The, the the challenge and a bunch of other trash. Um, Have you been keeping up with Westworld? No, you hate Westworld, don't you? Nah, dude. I, listen, you're out on the island of Westworld, man. All I do I'm is watching it. I get, it's too much, man. It's too much. Yeah, people are complaining about it. People are even people who like it are like, man, this show's getting off the the rails. So uh, I don't really have a whole lot of rants other than other than here in the city of Atlanta. Let me tell you something. There is no social distancing. There's no masks. <laughs> like, nah, there's none of that here either, man. I went to the grocery store today, and um, they finally had toilet paper. So here's what I found out. And I talked to one of the employees. They'll put the, like, Kroger brand or the Acme brand or Pathmark brand out in the mornings, and then by, by noon, it's gone. So if you're trying to get toilet tissue, as they say down in Atlanta, well, so you got to go I- early. Early bird gets the worm. I fell asleep on the draft last night. I woke up at 7.30. So I was like, you know what? Let me hit the grocery store. And um, I don't really have any complaints about the social distancing because there weren't that many people because it was 7.30. But I feel you, man. There's there's uh, a lot of there are a lot of questionable business practices going on out here in Louisville as well. People asking the media if they got warrants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So does that air tonight? I, I don't know when it does. I thought it said Friday on the clip you sent. Did I just so. say Friday? Yeah. D- D- Dave's, D- Dave might be putting his legal skills <laughs> to work here. I'm not putting my legal skills. Um, no money in there. But anyway, uh, I got some toilet paper too. So I went to, so I did my grocery shopping. I hadn't been in two weeks and I went last Wednesday, like 10 days ago. And I went to Walmart and uh, I mean, I dropped like $500. Dude, I bought some. I bought like everything that I was like, because I had, I had told myself I'd be locked in the house for eight weeks. And then after about a month, I said, okay, 
I don't want to leave the house for two weeks. So I bought two weeks worth of stuff. And now I, I mean, if uh, people didn't get tired eating the same food around here, I could not leave the house for like another month. Today when I was at the grocery store, there was this dude, right? There's this older guy, balding dude, probably like 55. He's in the, he's in the spaghetti sauce aisle. And he, he bought like all the spaghetti sauce. He had like, he didn't even like transfer it to the bin or to the basket. Right. He just would grab one, put it in his arm, grab another, put it in his arm. He had like two rows of spaghetti sauce in his house. Like he was taking it back to some fallout bunker, man. Are you one of those? Are you a hoarder? No, no, no. So I'm not buying out. You buy all the Nature Valley. No, no. So I don't, I won't buy out. uh, I won't buy out anything, man. I'm so mad this dude just lifted a Rivals video when he could have long pressed and shared it. And I'm just pissed at it as of. 27 retweets already and it's making me angry so uh call them out go expose them who did it well he tagged us he said it's some like local cleveland you know reporter or something but uh but anyway uh now i bought like one of everything but i bought a ton of stuff (laughs) i won't buy out one thing but they they had so so they had toilet paper and it was like a it was like a generic brand but it was actually not, it was like good, it wasn't like single ply. It was like a, it was like a fake nice store brand, you know? I like the two, three ply, you know, it balls up on you, man. You can <laughs> so, some three ply. Two so, ply have you needed. Hold on, I gotta tell you something. Keep going. Okay, so I grabbed it and uh, when I got up to the self-checkout, I noticed in the, uh, like the go-backs, there was like a thing of quilted northern so I asked the lady what was going on. I said, what's, what's up this quilt the door? And she said, oh, someone tried to buy, somebody tried to buy like five packs and you're only allowed to buy one. So I swapped out my uh, generic uh, brand for the quilted Northern, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm stocked up, man. I don't, the only thing I need to go to the store for is a uh, produce, but I'm not, I'm not hoarding. What do you got? What do you got there, Dave? Uh, this is a... 45 pound bucket of peanut butter, brother. So this came with my house in my basement. Oh, it's like a, it's like an emergency kit. No, it's just a 45 pound bucket of no salt, no sugar, smooth S11 peanut butter. brother. Ugh, I bet that tastes so nasty. Yeah, but look, if, if it was really the end of the world, I could hunker down in my basement and live off peanut butter. Although pretty sure the dehydration would kill me. Yeah, uh, it would be tough, but that you could survive on that peanut butter for a lot of, a lot of protein in there. But yeah. uh, so when the, the first week we got locked up, so, you know, I'm a avid gardener, as you know, yes. uh, and I save my tomato, you know, when I can't eat my tomatoes, I just freeze them. So in my freezer, I just had all these tomatoes. Dude, I made, I made three gallons of tomato sauce, Italian style. I had it on the stove with a wooden spoon, churning. I know, guy, I know a guy who will buy that off you, man. I just saw him the day at the grocery store. <laughs> well, I, hey, let me. I forgot how I forgot how good it was. You know, my mom is a first generation American, and she didn't remember how to do a whole lot these days, but uh, including how to. T- she couldn't tell me how to make the sauce, which she made me do. So as a child, Dave, I don't know if you had any Italian friends there in Philly. But we used to have this clamp that would clamp onto the counter, and it was like a crank. You crank and crank and crank. Yeah, I know exactly. So there's all these pictures of me when I'm a little kid 
standing on a stool, just cranking. My mom would just sit there and just make me crank. And she would freeze gallons and gallons and gallons of sauce. Uh, and guess what? That skill came in handy. So that, that dude wouldn't be playing me. I, I, I still got a month's worth of sauce in the freezer. Wouldn't be a, a podcast without a Woody's mom reference. All right, let's wrap it up. Yeah, man, there you go. All right, we'll be back on uh, hopefully early next week. We'll talk about the end of the draft, and we will talk about uh, the third and fourth episodes of Last Dance. So thanks for hanging out, Dave, and uh, we'll be back with another episode next week.